Welcome. You are listening to me, Henrik. I have started a podcast called The Honest Podcast that tells people how to live their lives based on my innate common sense and decades of doing the wrong thing twice. Together with a constantly changing panel of friends and other self-proclaimed experts, The Honest Podcast discusses interesting topics every month with brutal honesty and a lot of sarcasm. I hope you have fun listening to the podcast, maybe even get inspired, but I'll be very sad if you actually learn something. Enjoy. Hello, you honest podcast listeners. You thought I'd disappear, didn't you? Well, I'm back from the dead. Sorry for keeping you all waiting the last six months, but something popped off. Or came out, actually. My little son, Otto, was born on July 28th, last year. Now almost six months. And yeah, let me tell you, it's been a ride. Having two kids under two years is definitely not great for sleeping. Or your health. Or your relationship. Or your job. Or getting anything done, actually. But boy, are they cute. And that goes a long way. To kickstart the new year and get the Honest Podcast back on track, I am excited about this episode because today I am going to have a deep, meaningless conversation with someone who always brings a smile to my face. He has already been on one of the panels before, but this time we do an intimate fireside chat, just me and him, Julian Johnson. Everybody, you who? As Barnaby says, you need to be hated just as much as you love. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just like you know bland. Mm. I really. I would say I, I I divide the waters. Yeah. Do you yeah. reckon? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more on the negative side, though. No, I doubt. <laughs> I doubt you doubt it? No. I mean, to look at, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. People look at you and go, "That guy's weird." Yeah. Like it's just, you just ooze it. And every time I tell people, you know, yeah, I'm a dad, I have two kids, like people say, what? Yeah. He doesn't, look, he doesn't look fertile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. Mind you, your beard looks fertile. That's true. I got my beard game. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. But only long white hairs now. It's like a Chinese yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking about how good are the beard dyes these days? I haven't, uh, I haven't thought about it actually. Don't you think once you start, you look completely different from? Uh, oh no, you, you lose all respect. Yeah, like because you can see it. Yeah, it's almost like a wig. It's like unnatural color. Completely. Unless you go ginger, right? You could, you could go ginger. You could do that. You could do the old uh, Middle Eastern thing. Yeah. Like, what do they rub in? Beetle juice or whatever it is, and then it like becomes an orange. Orange color, yeah. The flame. No, it's the yes, an Indian thing too. Indian as well. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It grows on their like. But if you get that wrong, bro, you are never the same. No, but you also could just could like not give a shit and then uh, just go with it no no the wine looks great you, you look uh, unique unique and sterile yeah. mm. right true now how are you doing Jules all, all good anything new to tell any uh, injuries any physical traumas as you know about before we get your start I've noticed I can't put my right shoe on standing up anymore you know you just sort of lean over and yeah. put your shoe on can't do that anymore fine fuck knows fuck knows no, just age uh, what's it called? Arthritis? I do <laughs> But it's a sure sign that needs, work needs to be done. You know, get back on top. Yoga, twice a week. You don't do yoga twice a week. No, I'm no. just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Um, just, you know, roller coaster, right? Ups and downs. Life. I mean, I didn't think. Life I'd, happened? I didn't think I'd be like moving out of my apartment in two days. Like, wondering what to do with my life, blah, 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 43 years old. At this point, I thought I was done, you know? When you're 25 at least. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing, I don't think it's ever done. It's never done. Right? All that, like, you always think about, like, some time period in the future where then, you know, I'm settled, then I got the whole shebang, right? And, yeah, but then and then, and then in five years, you're gonna be moving out of another flat or a house or wrapping up your things, and like, it doesn't end. But then sometimes you walk in on a friend's house or on a friend's life and you go, Holy shit, they actually grew up. Yeah. Like, this looks civilized. Yeah, true. Right? But uh, that usually doesn't correlate with 
personal happiness and being content and all that. I love that. I'm just guessing. There is a correlation. Everyone looks like they're doing great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. It's the same as you look at the social media. Like, like I think it's actually there's studies saying that the eager or the more you post on social media, the more likely you are to actually be unhappy. Because you have a, like you have a need to publish all the good things in life or in your life more so, right? Because somehow you need to be justified or recognized because you have that like black hole that needs to be filled, right? The thing is, though, I think we actually overestimate all of that stuff. What it really comes down to is simply the algorithms have completely mushed the brain, right? We're complete dopamine addicts. Yeah. There's, it's, there's no impulse control. And then we have to retrofit this idea of like, well, social really works for me. Yeah. You know, unless you're publishing tons of shit to LinkedIn to try and get followers to build an audience to build a business. Exactly. So there's a purpose. But even then, that's just yeah. you know. Yeah, that's true. It's a treadmill, a treadwheel, whatever you call it. Well, then, yeah, I guess it's you know trying to acquire customers. Well, remember, we t- I mean, yesterday we were talking about like my, that app I installed to stop Instagram. Yeah. Has saved. Uh, four and a half days of my year, if, if, if like twenty-four yeah. hour days, yeah. just in, in not like, spending just, time just, on social media. It just, it just creates. I put in that fifteen minute max, fifteen minutes. I'm telling you, like no, no, iPhone, iPhones, shit. fifteen minutes. It's, it's like three hours. It's like no. Uber's. No, it's not. It's like it's more. I believe. Actually. Really? Yeah. I, I think. Like I feel like I've been on this for more than fifteen minutes, uh, but usually I get it after like two hours, and so now we're fifteen minutes up. Oh, wow. Or I'm just extremely fast at scrolling. That's your hyper-focus. I'm just eating memes like yeah, yeah, rocket speed. That's just because, yeah, that's your fucking... But it is my highlight every day. <laughs> yeah. It is, right? If, 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 if I didn't have my memes, I don't know what I would do. So it takes you, what, four to five hours to get out of bed? In the morning, yeah. 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 And then what, you open a can and of start the, fish, Start right? the day contemplating all of the things I did wrong. Yeah. And about noon, I start yeah. my day. And then, and then you break open a can of sardines, right? And you just sort of... Chuck it down you, because you're Danish. Yeah. And then you start scrolling. And then I start scrolling. Yeah, yeah brilliant. brilliant. You see, you made it. The first thing when I wake up, the last thing before I go to bed. Recipe, that's, as Buddha intended it. <laughs> you do a good scroll before look, you go to bed. Look at, look at, oh, actually, I, 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 so many times, I've made, because I've moved so many times, and every time I move, I make the rule that no phones in the in middle. The yeah. Right? yeah. Every time I move, I make that rule. Yeah. And every time, somehow that fucking phone pops up on my nightstand, yeah. eventually. Right? Imagine when the phone's a drone. It's a tick. It'll just follow you. Yeah. It'll probably have its own little pillow. You can't escape it. Yeah. It's Dude, incredible. I wonder if there's a correlation between your final scrolling of the day and your sex life. Mm. Probably not. No, I would, probably not. I would think so. I was thinking, of course, it's a distraction like anything else. <laughs> right? You take that, it's like, oh, you know. But it's inspiration, right? You could just say to Francie, I'm Maybe. getting inspired. Give me ten minutes. Maybe as an inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Right? Inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Right. So exactly. let me just. Uh, you yeah. Know, I just need to watch this midget for five minutes. <laughs> Ride a flamingo yeah. for five minutes, and then I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And you've got to get your horn from somewhere. True. Right. Yeah. Each their own. Whatever. Whatever. Each their own. Yeah. Whatever, Don't judge. Uh, no, but try this thing. Dude, I did the 15-minute okay. limit thing, and it says... It didn't work. Uh, no, because, of course, then the pop-up comes up, doesn't it? And it says, ignore limit. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and if it had a button that said, ignore limit forever, uh, uh, I'd press that button. <laughs> right? He would, though. Yeah. So, never that's not a fix. Don't show me this message ever again. Ever again. Click. <laughs> you need one sec. Yeah. That's the friction. True. No. Jules, you ready? I have, I have 10 questions. Oh, God. Deep, deep questions. On a scale okay. from one to ten, how constipated are you right now? <laughs> you know, I'm very fortunate. I don't think I've ever been constipated my whole life. No? Never. Okay. Yeah. Well, then a follow-up question. What's the most you've ever had to take a shit? In a day or in an hour? Just like a shit. Uh, th- as in the most repeats? No, not repeats. Like like the strongest... Oh, the strongest, most overwhelming... Sensation of taking a shit. Because I like there's three waves of taking the shit. There's mm. the first wave, mm. which is like you know, totally Stand fine. Stand you can you yeah. can you can you, you preempt can, it. You can survive. Yeah. Like I have time, right? Yeah. yeah. But then the, there's the second wave, mm. which is like you know, forcefully like 
hold it in. Hold it in. Yeah. But now you know that there's like there's a there's a time limit on it. Yeah. And then there's a third wave where he just and that's uh, that's that's like hurt like yeah yeah the first one of those I ever had was on a horse and I was about uh, ten years old uh, and I was riding through the bush back home in, in Kenya yeah. and I was at the back you know everyone's like we're riding between the zebras and all that sort of stuff and it just came immediately I was so shy. Because obviously when you're at boarding school and you're uh, 10, you're going to get bullied the shit, shit out uh, of you, uh, uh, excuse the pun. You have to hide it, right? So like I sort of crawled down the river and did a full like... But with the crocodiles, with the crocodiles, you sat uh, next to, like it was next to like a thousand wildebeest. There was hippos. That was crossing the yeah. river and then and then you sat there taking the dump? Well, not taking the dump, cleaning up. Cleaning up? Yeah, yeah. You shat your pants? There was hippos, oh yeah, more than that. Oh shit. Okay. Shop, I shat my shoes, dude. <laughs> You know, so that's what we're talking about. Oh, that's uh, yeah. yeah. No, luckily, I think I've got the. I've got the you never had the, the, you, the, you know, no. it's, it's taken 43 years, but I think I'm there. Mm. Good, know? good, uh, metabolism, and yeah, uh, yeah no, ever in problems. No. no, I don't think I've ever. Uh, well, I've had my cases where it's like been an emergency, yeah, right? Their cases, yeah, where uh, you know, where you have to just find a restaurant. Immediately, right? something that's open, right? And and you see, when you go into that restaurant, and you see the waiter in the eye, the waiter knows that look. They know. They know that look. They've yeah, seen that look. You're not like, here for the. You're not here for the for the cappuccino, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You're here for like a small sparkling water. I know exactly what you're doing, <laughs> right? Going and bombing my like uh, yeah. my toilet. Right? They've seen that look. They could probably put eye you Did from you? when you well you probably walking funny as you enter the restaurant. Did I ever tell you the story of Milky? With the, when he, the story of London, Milky. Milky when he lost his bowels in London. No. I'm sure I'll tell you. So. He lost his bowels. So he, he's gone out on a bender. Uh. He's been out on a full night out. Uh. And his brother wakes him up in the morning and he's like, Bro, mum's putting us on a big lunch today like, and we're going to be late. We need to be home for the family lunch. He's like, Oh shit, okay. And he's brilliant, this guy. He's hilarious. And she's like, Yeah, no worries, bro. He's up and he's getting changed and rushed downstairs. They jump in the car, tunes are on, and they're heading down the motorway outside out of London. And he got, and his stomach goes, he's like, oh. And because, and it gets, starts to get worse. And because they're brothers, obviously his, his, other, his brother, Chris, is delighted to see that his brother is in a world of pain. pain. Yeah. Uh, and the speedometer starts to increase. He's in 70, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. Right? And they're coming down the, I think it's the M4 on the way to Heathrow. And there's all those airport hotels uh, around the airport, right? And they go in. He comes blasting off the motorway. Like, Bob, like this, up to the roundabout, through the red light. Round the roundabout to the soffit cell. He comes roaring down, right? As he's getting out of the car, the movement starts. And so instead of running into the reception, he runs over this little green hillock of the like laundered, of the like, you know, the green the, of the decoration. Hotel. Yeah. yeah, right? Pulls down his trousers and does a giant shit on their lawn, right? But he thinks because he's behind this barrier of glass, yeah. thank Kept God no one's seen anything. Yeah. And he sits there, he's like, oh, Damn, uh, you know, that was, that was close. close but uh, God, thanks, thanks for that. As he goes, as he pulls up his pants, that he looks back. It's a glass-fronted boardroom, and there's a company in there doing it all day. They're all just staring at him. Look at him! Oh my God! He's sort of waving at them as he goes and gets back in the car and drives home. Jesus! Unbelievable! Walk of shame! Walk of shame! Yeah. Oh, he loved it though. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. that must have been a good shit. Oh, dude, it was a good story. Yeah. I once walked into a, it was in Singapore, it was quite peculiar, it yeah. was uh, an office I worked at and then uh, like, uh, like people are not, like I'm, I'm, I'm a Danish Viking, right, I'm a right. huge guy but yeah. Singaporeans are yeah. smaller and, and, and I walk into the toilet and in the toilet there's basically an animal. The, the, like a size of shit like a baby. that I've never seen in my life, right. it was so huge it couldn't flush. Dude, I've had ex-girlfriend. It was so huge, so, so like, I was just like, how can you give birth to that thing? Like, that's, a, that's a stitches. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's surgery. Yeah, yeah. They should have considered C-section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and it was so big that it had a small shit next to it. So I believe that shit took a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. It was humongous. I've never seen such a yeah. shit. Yeah. No, it was scary. Uh, no, it, uh, it was a profound experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm? Now, imagine that you realize it's your girlfriend. Yeah, no. But that I, that I also plug out of my mind, right? Like I imagine whenever like hot women take a dump, 
it comes out with a little, like like a, like a with a little pink bow tie. Yeah. Right. The yeah. plop, cute, yeah, cute, yeah. right? Because if you hear the plop, yeah. that relationship's over. <laughs> Right, yeah. you know, then all, all, all the romance is gone. Yeah, you can't hear that. So it's, it's very, it's like it's a very delicate, secret, you know, thing that women just takes care of. Right? You never see it, you never hear about it, don't think about it. Right? Unbelievably grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So grateful. I was on a catamaran once to Corsica. Yeah. Four guys, four girls. Yeah. And it was obvious it wasn't the guys who had dropped up this loo, right? But of course, we didn't want to make they the girls feel it. like they no. dropped up the loo. No. And so I had to go down there with a pair. I went down there with a pair of snorkeling goggles on yeah. and a, 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 tube, a tube, tube to yeah, breathe yeah. and marigolds on and a pump. And, pump. and I went in there and just had to like go at this thing to free it. Yeah. And then I just heard it. It was like, free. and then it disappeared and everything like was sorted. But okay. it was, that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> what a hero. Unbelievable. What a hero. Yeah. yeah. Super sliding. And I love that, that you were the guy take, like stepping up and taking the responsibility, right? Bro, when you're from Africa, all that shit falls to you. Yeah. That's, then you're, then you're not. You just like get the bush guy to do it. Yeah. yeah. True. And they're not wrong. Because you are from Africa. Well, yeah. You are African. Yeah. Um, you were born and raised in Kenya. Born and raised. Born in Nairobi. Raised between. Raised by wolves. Wolves and a pig. And a pig, okay. Yeah. Um, and so then what's, what's the biggest misconception that the rest of the world has about Africa? Go! That Africa is a country. Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah. The second one is that because you're from Kenya, you must know Tony who lives in South Africa. <laughs> right? And you have to say, you know that's the distance of Greece to the UK. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The third one is that most people don't realize that, that the map that you look at, yeah. the, you know, you know, printed map yeah. is not the true dimensions of the world. No, Africa is much longer. Much longer, yeah. right? and so they don't know uh, how he, that Africa is actually giant compared to everywhere else, yeah. and they have no idea how many countries are doing it. No, like, it's just one big country. Yeah, yeah. but also um, the wildlife regulation. I always talk to you about that, right? Because most people are just you know they can't believe that people would go and you know shoot animals down there, right? And and if you actually go and you realize you know, how that ecosystem is, is functioning, right? And that in order to protect the wildlife, yeah. you need to control the wildlife, right? Well, this is because in Kenya, it's illegal, right? We don't have to, to shoot in yeah. Kenya. Yeah. But we do, you do in Tanzania, which is, yeah. the, is down south. And all over the south, right? And I was very anti-hunting because I obviously grew up in Kenya, right? Yeah. Why would you shoot an elephant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Until I got was sort of educated by a friend who's in the cons conservation business mm. that one of the challenges with with wildlife is the human encroachment right because there's a huge um, increase in population of humans mm. and so because the humans are encroaching on uh, on the game reserves uh, and getting in the way of the elephants the elephants occasionally uh, you know stomp on them or stomp on their animals whatever yeah. it is and so in order to create the perception of value of the wild animals over the perception of value of their cult, their livestock, mm. you, hunting works really well. Because you can say, well, that's an eland, and that, that eland's worth like seven grand to the, you know, the, the, the main hunting lodge. And that then gets dispersed through the community. Mm. And then the other thing to understand is that they don't just go and shoot anything, right? So, for, so elephants die from hunger mm. because their, their teeth uh, disappear yeah. over time, yeah. and so the conservancies know which of the elephants is like on their last legs. Yeah. It's going to starve to death, and they. So but I guess the, the, the money it brings in as well because it's extremely expensive, right? Yeah. It's also used for the conservation True. of yeah. wildlife, right? So conservation of wildlife and and the people, and that's yeah. the key piece, right? Because then the people are not financially motivated to go out and yeah. like overhunt. Yeah. You know, well, so like an example is in, in uh, near the Samburu in Kenya, the tribes are running all of their goats over the land because their goats are, you know, this, we have terrible drought and so their goats need to survive, the goats are their, current, their currency, their wealth, their everything. And it's irrelevant to them whether the wildlife then die because there's nothing to eat because the wildlife to them are worth nothing mm. relative to their goats. Yeah. But if they knew that the wildlife has to be there for the lodge to work and yeah. the lodge brings in, you know, a million dollars a year, two yeah. million dollars a year, then it would be a different thing. Yeah. Because of tourism. But it's like everything. Everything has nuance. Yeah. yeah. But then it's, you know, of course, no one wants to kill animals. I also, like, 
but the others and like even you know i remember visiting like a uh, like a wildlife refuge for cheetahs and lions in Botswana, mm. uh, also Zimbabwe, I can't remember. But you know, horrible to see all these animals in, in mm. captivation. But the thing mm. is, a lot of them were taken from nature without parents, mm. put there, would have died otherwise, right? And now they had a life in captivity. Yes, and some were then released back. Some could never be released back because mm. they were it had been too long in, in captivity. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, people got there, they paid money to see them, uh, and that money was then used for the conservation of, of yeah. uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully not in the pockets of yeah. they were, were managing yeah. it, but well, uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the protection of, of cheetahs in Botswana, right? So, yeah. so in that sense, yeah, it's horrible, but there's just another side to the story that people don't see, so therefore, like, you know, that actually helps yeah, right? it's the, the conservation, so it's complex. Yeah. Uh, but there's two things, right? The first thing is, like, if you're going to eat animals, you should be prepared to kill oh, yeah. an animal. Yeah, that connection we lost. Because long, actually long hunting the animal is far nicer to it mm. than having it brought up in... In captivity, in a box. Yeah, yeah. For the and whole we know that, right? Yeah, like, it's yeah. not only worth it going on. Mm. A story to share, though, which would be more interesting. Did you ever watch the video of the woman who could speak to animals with, in, with telepathy on YouTube? Mm -mm. So there's this very famous lady, I don't I can't remember her name, whatever, I've, I've watched the video a number of times, um, and it came up because, in, just now, because she was called in to speak to a black panther that had been rescued from a zoo. Who was accused of murder? Yeah. <laughs> Actually not paying his taxes. <laughs> yeah. Worse. Tax fraud. Yeah. Um, and the, the black panther had been rescued from a, a zoo in Germany. Okay. Because um, the zoo was closing down. Yeah. And he'd been brought to this this cat conservation uh, center in South Africa, run by this Afrikaans guy. Okay. And he had lion and cheetah, leopard, the whole lot, right? And he loved the animals. But this uh, uh, panther was always aggressive with him. Like they, he wouldn't go out into the into the onto the grass. It would stay in its cage. It was super aggressive. Mm. And it was called Diablo. And so this you can work. He the, the Afrikaans guy takes her to meet the cat. Yeah. And she sits opposite the cat and she just sort of stares at the guys. Uh, the first thing she says to him, to the Afrikaans guys, Diablo would like to know what happened to the cheetahs, to the baby cheetahs that were born in the zoo. And he was, this blew the guy's mind. He's like, what? Because uh, there had been two baby cats, baby cheetahs, that had been taken away. So like, uh, that established like... Okay, and she know, knew nothing about it. She knew nothing about it, right? Uh, and then um, she, she said that she was telling him that he was beautiful and he's a king and things like that. And she said, why are you so angry? And he said, um, I don't feel seen. <laughs> I don't feel recognized. I don't feel seen, yeah. And he said, I don't like my name. Like Diablo is a devil, right? Yeah. I don't like my name. And she said, well, we'll change your name. You know, what would you like to be called? He said, Tony. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he said, he said um, he's like, well, you know, whatever, another name, right? So they changed his name. And then um, somehow she calms him down and she gets into a place where she can communicate to the cat that they love him, uh, that they rescued him, and that he's here to, to make it his home. Uh, and the cat walks out of the cage for the first time ever and into the grounds, and this burly rugby playing Afrikaans guy uh, is crying at this. He, he can't believe the change in this creature. Like immediately? Yeah. Wow. It's insane. amazing. Yeah. And so then I, obviously I went down a little rabbit hole on this, on this woman. Yeah, right? yeah. The other thing she was called in to do was off the west coast of uh, Perth, of Australia, around yeah. Perth. She was called in to talk to the sharks yeah. about why were they coming in and attacking everyone. Okay. And um, she went out in the cage or without the cage? I don't know what she did, but okay. she, went, she spoke to the sharks and they said that they were coming in shore now and they were aggressively coming in shore because there was nothing to eat. Well, that's, a, that's no shit, Sherlock. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much... Uh, like well, I mean, you could easily just say, chip. listen, dude, this chick just looked up where the cat came from. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. Know, yeah. Found out what was there, and that's what she does. But no. fascinating to watch. Fascinating. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Now that we talk about your childhood, yeah. you, um, you told me that uh, your dad was a Baptist preacher. He was all, all right, but bath time was intense. <laughs> Can you talk more to that? <laughs> No, no. More serious question. Were you bullied enough when you were a kid? Enough? Mm. Mm. <laughs> enough. Um, 
we were bullied quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think actually on reflection, there was like a relatively consistent fear. Because it's, you know, it's an old colonial country, right? Your boarding school. Boarding school, yeah. yeah. In the 1980s. And it's the, we seem to catch the last wave of like really fucked up, traumatized kids taking out their trauma and beating the other kids up. Um, so we used to get like burnt and like had things like sharp things shot at us and uh, taxed. Boarding schools can be horrible. Horrible. Horrible places, no? Horrible. Um, food was terrible, sadistic teachers. One of the teachers was a pedophile. You had to wear a uniform? Uniform every day. Yeah. And, and uniform would smell because, you know, you're a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, cold night. It was, yeah. A lot of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. No, so you're bullied enough. Yeah. Uh. It's the upbringing you know. You know, and yeah. you like you go home. I was so happy to go home and felt a lot of love at home, and then felt a lot of desperation leaving to go back. And but it was what everyone else was doing, because in Africa back then everyone went to boarding school. Yeah. Because there weren't many schools. And because she couldn't just go to the school down on the corner. Well, that's what I figured, but my brother went to the school. Down the corner? <laughs> God damn it. So was your parents, like, maybe coming from that tradition, saying, yeah. okay, you know, you also have to go to boarding school, because yeah, that's what you do. my dad was boarding school, my grandfather, yeah. my grandfather, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it wasn't because you were a problem? No, well, we grew up in Mombasa, where it was, like, 38 degrees heat, and, mm. and I had, I guess, now we know, undiagnosed ADHD, and so, like, my parents thought it was the heat that was affecting my ability mm. to concentrate. Okay, so they sent you to Kulu? So they sent you up country to the Rift Valley, which is six and a half thousand feet. You yeah. were fucking froze. Yeah. Didn't help. Um, didn't help. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then South Africa, didn't help. No. Yeah. When, I, was when big, you I wasn't big in school. When did you move to South Africa? Were for you? university? No. No, from high school. For high school, okay. In, I used to, I, at 13, I used to get on a plane from Mombasa to Nairobi, mm. Nairobi to Joburg, back in the day when they were smoking on the planes, right? Yeah. And yeah, they put me in like the smoking section. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole plane's a smoking it's section. It's one big smoke uh, yeah, but, lounge. So I go to Mombasa, Nairobi, get on another plane, Nairobi, Johannesburg, another plane, Nairobi, uh, Johannesburg, Durban, yeah. and then on a bus up to school. Fuck. Yeah. And then back then, you remember, like, um, well. Every week? No. No, no, no. Like, I'm like, home, like, and I go home 12 weeks later. Uh, okay. I speak to my folks maybe four times. Shit. Because phone calls were so expensive. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how the world's changed. Though. Yeah, yeah. Our phone calls were super expensive, mm. so I would like speak. To Imagine them. the day you're gonna tell your kids or young people that that was back when there was no internet. Yeah. You couldn't call internationally without like paying a fortune for yeah. it. You smoked and in the airplane. Yeah, we used to write. Do you remember the airmail? paper yeah so the, where, the blue yeah, yeah blue, exactly the, yeah. right and, and it would fold itself yeah. into an envelope yeah. that's how you would write home yeah. and it would take two weeks to get home yeah. yeah and in africa obviously you never send packages because there's yeah, no chance of it be arriving now i remember we used to have friends if, if someone was coming to stay from england my mom would write to them and say can you bring us like marmite and like these mm. other things that you just wouldn't get otherwise. no yeah and you and africa must have been very different right so also from it was amazing further Actually, back but it was what an experience when my grandfather was a kid they, and they went to the beach uh, elephants would be on the beach really yeah in Diani where you've uh, yeah crazy yeah huh? it was I imagine those times wow yeah must be amazing I mean I have some stories different world yeah <clears throat> no well, but don't you think that with all your mate you know when you, you become really close friends you know like us right and like you grew up in Denmark Mm -hmm. I grew up in East Which Africa. is one of the most probably civilized countries. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what are tech savvy too, and like what yeah. you experience. Yeah, but how cool that is that we all have these. We actually probably don't have a real comprehension of where, how, or where we grew up. No, but then I'm actually quite surprised that we ended up be like somewhat similar. Then yeah. it would have been completely different. Yeah, right? but I would say still. I guess we're educated. Somewhere. Educated or like well-traveled or I don't know if you're out there and, and uh, yeah talking to people socialize and then you absorb more yeah. yeah maybe that's the next question so it's an introvert or extrovert question um, would you rather be in a room full of people 
all saying how great you are or just on your own? Well, I've got my own. And I'm in a minute. You're just sitting, right? sitting at home. Ah, so I can like read or watch You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's great. I'm good with that. You'll be at home? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know what you'd be. So then, <laughs> then you'll be the introvert. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Do you think... But you're not introvert, you're extrovert. Exactly. You're, you you're, a, you're, a, you're an extrovert on the street, but an introvert in the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think you've become more introverted as you get older? Oh, for hell, definitely. Yeah. You maybe start out as an extrovert and then for sure end life... Miserable. Yeah, as an introvert, right? No, I guess you also. Me. I guess you also end. Maybe you start life as an introvert, end life as an introvert because, like, life is a one-player game. Yeah. Right. You know, you're not taking anyone with you when you leave, right? Yeah. And you come in alone too, right? Unless, unless, unless you're a twin, I guess. But but. Uh, but that's funny because I think of life as a multiplayer game. Oh, you like, think? Okay. Yeah, because like, especially when it comes you start to, alone, you end alone. No, no, no. But I think to myself, I don't need a house in Mecca because you've got one. Right? Yeah. Or like, I don't need yeah. to, like my friends have houses in, you know, from, for mountain yeah. skiing and blah, blah, blah. Like in that case, yeah. like we're a, group, we're a group of people who choose each other yeah. and support each other through life. Yeah. And we share each other's uh, resource and excitement and curiosity. That's true. Right? Because we invite, we invite each other to everything. We cook yeah. for each other over time. Mm. We learn from each other. As we divorce each other, we like, you know. So it is a multiplayer game in terms of like sharing experiences, resources, and all that stuff, but. And it, insights and feedback and yeah, support. And yeah. yeah, maybe that is the conditioning in your early, like, older years that then makes you more, I don't know, similar, but I wouldn't say similar because the older you get, the weirder you get. Right? People are like, you were 60, you were... So cool. <laughs> no, but that's so great. That's freedom. That's freedom, yeah, because you can be exactly who you are, not your shit. Yeah. Right? yeah. But I'm starting to feel that already, aren't you? Yeah, true. I, I feel that already. I'm a, I'm, people also tell me I, I look like a young 60-year-old. Right? So. <laughs> so. You look like a young 60-year-old druid. Druid? Wizard. Wizard, yeah. yeah. That's the look I'm going for. You should get a mushroom hat. Like I would love a, I would love a mushroom hat. Yeah. I, I, I wish for a mushroom hat for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, no, a hat that looks like a mushroom, a hat that is a mushroom. His hat is a mushroom. It it's a made mushroom. from mushrooms. Yeah. Everything oh, yeah, like on him is made from, from, from mushrooms. mushrooms, I think, yeah. Yeah, a mushroom hat. It looks like it's like yeah. a it's very unique space. He's all, all about the hat. Did I tell you about that company I, I met? Um, Who's doing mushroom hats? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a D2C, uh, like, subscription-based mushroom hat business. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. No, the guy who has worked out the w a way to speak to mycelium, and by, by he's created this potion. Really lovely guy. Mm -hmm. He's created a potion that takes one drop, and you put one drop, yeah. and you can speak to an acre of mycelium to increase crop yield by pushing a distress signal. So he worked out what the the enzyme, the sort of. What how's the what's the, how's the signal being communicated? Well, they were able to understand what signal the mycelium gives off. For instance, when there's an impending drought, when there's a fire, when there's a bug, that kind of thing. You know how it, how it helps the trees. Oh, so it's like a it's like a like what what is it? It's chemicals. It's in the released through the network of fungi. Correct. Okay. Yeah, through the mycelium. And so, okay. for example, they have written a code. The, the, it's encoded in this drop of liquid. Okay. When they put it on the field, it tells the plant yeah. that it's going to be a drought, and the plants reduce the size of their pores, yeah. so they perspire less, yeah. and so they require less water. That's crazy. And it increases yields, dude. Crop yeah. yields twenty to fifty percent. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. He's brilliant, this guy. I'm interested. But 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 yeah, like I also read about that once. I can't remember if it was like in connection to bushfires where. They proved that trees exactly. were communicating. Exactly. Right? Because like, they were telling the other trees, like. Uh, like yeah. To, like the secret uh, life of trees, right? Like yeah. when a tree is dying, it gives its nutrients to the yeah. trees in, yeah. the, in the sort of family that need them most. Yeah. Or um, they, they, when they're being burned, they tell the trees behind them to produce a, a more sap yeah. so they're less flammable. Yeah. Um, they can tell when bugs are coming. It's the same, it's basically like biological uh, yeah, intervention. Yeah. Imagine that for the world.
Jules continued to talk about mangrove forest and how to save the planet for another two and a half hours. And then I followed up with this question. What's the biggest near-death experience you've ever had, Jules? I drove my friend's Ferrari off the highway at 125 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, I, I was on my own. Yeah. And um, I'd never brought a Ferrari before. Rumbled? Everything? No, it, so it's, it started to aquaplane on the highway, yeah. and then it started to spin, and I put yeah. my foot on the brake. And I, I've, you know, back home, you take cars in the bush, and you just spin them. So yeah, like, yeah. I knew, like, what to do, you know, what you meant to yeah. do, right? Um, but I did that, and that didn't work. No. And then it suddenly dawned on me that I was going off the highway, yeah. and it was a bunch of trees, yeah. right? And I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Yeah. And my life, not my life flashed around me, my, my family mm. came up, and I had this deep sense of regret that, that I was gonna die in a fucking Ferrari, like, like oh. awful, um, um, the sort yeah. of experience of yeah. that. Um, and I missed every single tree, landed up in a bush so far off the highway that a chopper went over to try and find the car, right? I, thought I had a scratch. The front of the car was, I mean, the car was, was wrecked. Total. It cost 130, uh, it cost seven grand in the premium on the insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and then 138 grand to fix it. Uh, and then he just- That's not, that, it's not that bad, I actually think. Yeah, probably, well. well yeah. I would think it would be totaled and yeah. like new for art. And then it's so English, this copper uh, comes down this country lane uh, to get to me. He's in like a, you know, a Volvo police yeah, car. Yeah. And he says, you all right, mate? And I was like, yeah. He goes, get in the car then. And so I get in the front seat next to him. And he goes, right, so what have you done here then? And I said, well, I was driving normal speed <laughs> down the highway. And then suddenly I lost control of the car and ended up in the ditch. And I, you know, I'm you know, so great to be alive and shocked. And I, and he goes, right, he goes, uh, well, it looks to me like you haven't damaged any of Her Majesty's uh, highway furniture. Meaning <laughs> like po the post and all this stuff. Uh, and he goes, and so as you lot of that, I cannot book you for anything. I will tell you this though. He goes, are you ready for your bollocking? And I was like, I was like yeah, I'm ready for bollocking. He goes, if I could have a quid for every dickhead <laughs> sitting in a ditch in a, in a mangled car uh, telling me they weren't speeding, he uh, said, you're a rich man, because I reckon you were going out of clapper. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then he goes, he goes, you're, you're fucking lucky. He uh, said, he didn't swear, but he was like, you're really lucky. And, uh, and I go, okay. And he goes, right, that's the end of your bollocking. He goes, get out of the car. So I get out of the cop car and he just drives off. And what do you do? I phone a, a, a flatbed truck uh, that comes to get me. And the guy pulls up in the flatbed truck and he gets out. He goes, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you are a lucky bastard. He goes, do you know how many times I pick up cars like this with dead people in them? Oh, this, whew, yeah, yeah, dude. that's disgusting. Yeah, and so then I had the walk of shame because he put the car on the back of this flatbed truck and drove me to the local uh, train station. So you were during commuting hour. Yeah. So you were basically there was a truck, a tow truck with the Ferrari on the back. Yeah. And you were sitting next to the tow driver, yeah. right? And he pulls up to the train station during commuting hour, right? And I have to get out and get on the train. Yeah. Served me right. Fuck. Yeah. That was a close one. Yeah. There's been a few others, but that's the one. That that's the biggest like, one. I've had a gun to, you know, have a gun, have a knife, beat it, like, you know, when yeah. you travel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been held up with a gun. Knife, yeah. But never a gun, thank God. I told you that story. No, you didn't. You didn't have a story? No, maybe you did, but I can't So we were, on a bus, this was, we were traveling through South and Central America. I was 24 yeah. years old, so yeah. almost 20 years ago. And uh, this was back in the day when there was no, you know, you had to go to a dial-up, right? Yep. Uh, internet lab to find out where you're going. Internet and we Yeah, and we decided at that point, fuck the internet, like, we'll just work it out, yep. right? And we're in Central America, and we take a bus into Managua in Nicaragua, yep. which we didn't realize, because obviously we weren't connected to the world. It's like the most... Was the murder capital of the yep. world, yep. right, at the time. And we're, we're, we're cheap, but we're traveling on $15 a day budget. Mm. And so we stay at the cheapest place we possibly can, which obviously is always in a pretty dodgy area. And uh, me, it was me and a couple of, a couple of friends, and we went, uh, we were about five months into traveling at this point. So we were a little bit leathered, yeah. and maybe a little bit um, uh, overconfident. Yeah. And, and you've been biking or driving through we Central America? We, 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 we just hitchhiked and, okay. and took buses uh. and things like that. Uh. 
And uh, do you remember Bad Boys, the first movie with Will, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, no, come on, bro. That was a great movie. Do you remember that? Maybe I'm thinking about the sequel, yeah, the third the one, or however many Do you remember that the, the, they had this routine where if they were um, about to arrest someone, uh, they would pretend to oh have yeah. a fight uh, and distract. Yeah. So I said to the boys, I'm like, guys, this is feeling a little bit dodgy around here. Yeah. If someone tries to, to, to you know, come up with us, yeah. let's do the bad boys routine. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we'll just like, you know, we'll pick on each other and then we'll knock them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear on my life, four minutes later, we're walking down the street and these two guys come around the corner, lift their t-shirts, they've both got uh, nine little gun yeah. blocks in their, in their shorts, they pull one out, they grab my mate Reg but, uh, and hold him to put a gun to his head and they, they tell us obviously in Spanish to like, give us everything you've got. Mm. I don't know why we were doing this with kids, but we carried stunt wallets, so like fake wallets, yeah. uh, and we carried our money and shit down our, our underpants. Yeah. But the stunt wallets had porn cards in them, and we had picked out the most ridiculous, like gay porn cards we could find yeah. to put in these wallets because we used to be the place where we'd embarrass each other in front of girls. Yeah. And so these guys end up nicking three wallets full of gay uh, porn pictures, but no cash, they didn't take no it. cash, nothing. Didn't take it. And they take the wallets off us, and they're like, This time, I'm gonna please be, you know, don't really want to do bad boys routine, like yeah. just the. I would have got the fuck out Dude, of it. As soon as they were around the corner, we were like, fucking rock and <laughs> Oh man. Oh Jesus, that was, yeah. Yeah, that could have ended bad too. Could have ended really bad. Yeah. That was quite scary. But yeah. nothing in uh, in Africa? Africa is so much safer than people think. Yeah. True. You yeah. know like people say, oh, are you scared of being in Kenya? Honest to God, you're more likely to get shot in America yeah. than you are in Kenya. Yeah. We don't have guns. A lot more guns, yeah. We don't have guns. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we got broken in a few times mm -hmm. when I was a kid, but like, they're only coming in to get the high five. They wouldn't kill you in the process? No. no. Although we, our neighbor, <clears throat> we, we woke up one morning and our neighbor's uh, scurry, which means security guard sweetie, has shot a robber off the roof with a bow and arrow. With a bow and arrow? With a bow and arrow. The, the arrow went straight to his leg and he, f he fell into the pool. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a what a bowman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Poor guy. I, I, I remember. But well aimed, like going for the. Or you should have got for the buttocks, right? Or like. Uh, well, do you remember? Do you remember me telling you a story about my grandfather when they when uh, it was back in the like back in the day, they used to rock the house uh, covered in um, lion spore because the spore would scare the shit out of the dogs. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. No. And one day, my grandfather was a portly man, he was, he was big, yeah. you know, um, and he slept, slept in a kikoi, you know, we had a kikoi like a sarong, yeah, that's yeah. what we, we slept in at home. And uh, my granny wakes him up, and there's this beautiful Adonis of a man standing in their room, butt naked, <laughs> because he's wiped himself, rubbed himself oh, down on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. And my, my granny's like, oh my god, there's a guy in the yeah. room, and my grandfather jumps out of bed, he's a big guy in his yeah. sarong, and starts charging off this guy yeah. out of the house and down the garden it's a full moon at night yeah. and my grandfather played rugby <laughs> and so he launches himself through you know under the, the lights air. of the moon yeah. his kikoi comes off so he's also naked yeah. and he grabs this guy grabs his dick <laughs> <laughs> and pulls him to the floor and holds on to it my granny comes running out of the house with the golf club yeah. and she sticks the golf club in the guy's ass <laughs> And that's how they kept it until the cops arrived. <laughs> yeah. And the dogs came and bit his balls? Yeah, no, I yeah. wish. Well, I don't wish. Poor, poor guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. Don't know what happened to him. That was his near-death experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. what a story. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that happens in, in Africa too. Yeah, I've had some near-death stories too, but not as entertaining. Maybe it's because, well, maybe it's because I was nearly died. <laughs> I remember once where I think like, like of course I'm like always, if, you know, if I'd fell one meter further to the left or right, that'll be the end, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. there's no stories. But uh, but I think one where I was just like thinking, okay, shit, this could be it, was uh, a trip with one of my buddies in uh, in the Caribbean when kiting, and we had this idea that. Uh, we uh, we could like kite to this island. It was like 20 kilometers in between the islands, and we kited all the way. 
and we, we, we did it and then uh, we had to sail back with a boat like an old sailing boat with one of our friends had you couldn't see the island uh, you couldn't see like no, 20 kilometers way like, yeah. way way, way, way but, but we did it and then we wanted to, to sail back and then there was no wind uh, and we had to get back but it was a sailing boat and he he didn't have uh, like it was like a dodgy boat so he didn't have any gas on the boat and could only use uh, sails right and then we're like stuck in open sea and it's like, oh fuck, man! It's just you know, ten kilometers. We can do it in a dinghy, mm. right? A dinghy on open sea, right? Mm. And thinking, oh, we just maybe take an extra like uh, jerry can. We have enough gas, right? And then he can just come later, and then we're gonna put the dinghy here at the harbor, and then you can get the dinghy, right? We go jump in the dinghy, like start like blasting uh, towards uh, the main island, and then surely enough, like after four or five kilometers, right? Like we can see, okay, there's not enough gas in this dinghy, right? We're not gonna make it, right? Oh my god! And and now this is like in the late afternoon, so the sun is setting, right? We don't even have a fucking like flag flare gun, right? So the sun is setting. We can't see the boat. We're too far from that. We have no more gas, right? And the current is slowly but surely starting, uh, taking us out to like the yeah. Atlantic Ocean. Jesus. Right? And that's why, one of the reasons why the Bermuda Triangle is like that, because the current takes you up towards Bermuda. Oh. So, so you get out from like out to open sea and then, you know, they're never going to find you. Yeah, yeah. Not with a flare gun, nothing. Like, they're never going to find you, right? So at that point, I'm just like, okay, shit, like, what are, we're going to jump in the ocean and just start swimming, right? Because we can't see any islands on the inside side. Just two of you. Just the two of us on a dinghy, Oof. right? And, and now we start to realize like the the this, like, the magnitude of the stupidity and how serious it is, right? And then I like f like try with my phone to get some form of reception, right? Mm -hmm. And miraculously, after like forty-five minutes, I get like one bar. Oh my word! One bar, right? And I immediately call. Uh, I can't remember what they called, but but I, I, I was able to. Like call it like a coastal uh, guard number. Uh, so I, I had one bar, the bar I said had internet, but I couldn't get through. So I just had to text. And thank God they could receive texts, right? And immediately they said like, would, like take a screenshot of your location, and then send that to me. And we did that, and the bar was gone. Like oh there was no more connection. That was it. So then after that, we didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, and the sun was setting, right? So we were just like, fuck, like we have to swim back towards the boat because we knew the guy in the boat was going to come towards us. Mm. But if you start swimming and with the mm. current, mm. you have no idea where you are, right? And then you're in the water, then it gets really dangerous, right? Yeah. Never find us. So we were just sitting there for like, you know, another 45 minutes sitting docks, like, what the fuck, right? Did we just do, right? And then, like, I'll. Have you heard about eating him yet? No, 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 no. no. I was actually. Actually, you don't think about that at that point. But uh, also, we didn't have any water. Yeah. Great thing. Like, oh, it's just, it's just a one hour, like a one and a half hour boat ride. When we're right. Think again. But then, in the, like, after 45 minutes, sun setting in the horizon, I'm like sure I can hear something, right? And then, surely enough, there was a boat, a rescue boat coming out, like, with, uh, like, even two guys who we actually saw on previous days uh, like while we was kiting and then uh, they came out and they felt like we were just like hey we're here we're here and they found us right mm -hmm. and they were just looking at it and just like what the fuck were you yeah. guys thinking yeah. right yeah and it's like another half hour yeah we would never have found you yeah right you would have been on your way to bermuda yeah right? that would have been it for you guys right it's like fuck me right you must have like, really and all because we wanted to make it to the other main island because we didn't want to you know sleep on that island we, we had kited to right we wanted to get back and they had a flight next day and like all that it really, mu really must have um for a moment shaken your own trust of your own decision -making. yeah well i think you are still like trying to problem solve until the very end so we hadn't given up right like mm. and i think you still hadn't even though if we'd had to be on the boat for another two days right mm. you'd be like you'd be in the blistering sun but hopefully like Mm. You'll figure out something, right? Because mm. there's no cover, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dinghy. dinghy. It's a dinghy, right? Like complete brain dead. <laughs> so yeah, that was a close one. Fuck me. But uh, that's actually really terrifying. Yeah, no, it's so stupid. The idea of a slow death. 
Yeah, well, yeah, several days, can't find it. Lost at Sea. Yeah, story. Lost at Sea. Lost at Sea story. It's like that movie. Do you remember that movie of that couple? True story of that couple who jumped off their boat. Yeah, yeah. And couldn't back, get back on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I was also that couple who went on a diving trip, and then the guide counted a couple That's twice. Right. Twice, yeah. Thought they had everyone on board, and then yeah. left, and then those two were just left out there. For, yeah. Until the next day. Yeah. But at that time, a shark had already eaten the leg of the husband, and yeah. then he bled to death. Yeah. Uh, a horrible story but yeah that's where small small things like that if you don't care if you think but also like just don't fucking take chances on open sea Mm. right just don't do that Mm. right Mm. Mm. and don't don't drive a Ferrari Mm. too fast Mm. when it's wet conditions right but then there's other shit you do that you think is completely fine to do in your 20s that when you're 43 you realize it's just stupid yeah like you probably done some things that you weren't even aware of that could have ended really bad. I rode a mountain bike down the world's most dangerous road in Bolivia uh, at a pace where the guides started calling me El Loco. El Loco. <laughs> <laughs> El Loco Blanco. Yeah. Okay. So I'm clearly like slightly retarded. Yeah. 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 Got lucky. Yeah. That's some just some guardian angel up there who said yeah. not now, Jules. Yeah. Not now, I'm really old. Amen to that. There you have it, listeners. From taking a ship in the river full of hippos in Kenya, to crashing a Ferrari in England, to death wish mountain bike racing in Bolivia, if you're anything like Jules, you could die any moment. Maybe let that fact guide you the rest of your life. If you enjoyed my chat with Jules, please let me know in the comments or leave a thumbs up in the review wherever you get this podcast. And I'll invite him back on for more crazy stories. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please share with friends or random people in general so they too can waste their time listening to golden nuggets of life wisdom from your host, Henrik Silmer. Join us next month for another episode of The Honest Podcast.